Hello, everybody. I'm Brian Genovese. And I'm Karen Polkovic. And this is the first episode of the Your Favorite Movie Podcast. Today, we're joined with special guest, Mr. Schulte. As always, spoiler warning, we will be discussing E.T. the Extraterrestrial, so if you haven't seen it, you've been warned. Let's begin. Okay, my name is Brad Schulte. I am currently teaching United States history for 11th grade, uh, but if you trace back my history, and I don't want to go on forever about it, uh, five years into teaching, I was asked to develop a program, a video production program for the new school when it was built. At that time, I, I reformed the video club, and I started researching what I wanted to look like, started the video production program at Baldwin High School, which led into production studios for morning announcements, video two for movie making and cinematic uh, pieces to start what we called last year our cinema department, and then video production one, which is just an exploratory program. And uh, I'm here today with, with uh, two gentlemen who want to conduct an interview on my favorite movie. Okay, so I guess we'll start out with the easiest question here. Um, what is your favorite movie? This is a tough call. It went really, I'm a huge Steven Spielberg fan, but if I had to pick one movie, it probably would be E.T. the Extraterrestrial, and the other two would definitely be Raiders of the Lost Ark, the first Indiana Jones, and Jaws, but we're gonna stick with E.T. because I wanted to lower it just to one single movie. Um, I guess I'll just start out with the plain and simple question. Why, uh, why, why E.T.? <sighs> it's gonna come off as being weird, but E.T. came out in the early 1980s, and I can remember going to see the movie with my dad and going to see uh, E.T. in the movie theaters. And I remember there were just so many scenes that scared me, but at the same time, I just couldn't stop thinking about them. And they didn't keep me up at night, because I know a lot of people get freaked out in the movie E.T. whenever they see E.T. all white when he's sick, and uh, that's a scary scene. but. And then the other thing I think that's important is it's a story about kids. And when I was a kid, I wanted to, you know, explore and and uh, I think he's just the average kid. And with, even with my son, going back to this is going to again be a little strange. But for me, uh, he had this little John Deere tractor, and I put lights all over it and uh, flashlights and I attached them all to it, kind of like it was off-roading. And I got that kind of like from that moment in E.T. whenever he redesigns his bike so that he can put E.T. when he goes off for Halloween on the front of his bike. I think just the exploratory piece of this kid who's kind of like fearless goes into it. So it, it just, uh, it's something, it's one of those forever moments when I went to see E.T. I know my parents are both uh, very afraid of E.T. too. Anytime <laughs> it goes on the TV, they just shut it off immediately. Yeah, and I haven't um, shown it to my son yet. and He's seven because my <laughs> wife says the same thing. Like, do you think it'll scar him and keep him up? But I don't know. There's just something about it. Do you, um, when you watch the movie now, do you think it's aged well? Do you uh, enjoy it just as much as you did when you first saw it? You know, I'm kind of one of those people, the last time, the last time that I saw it, I don't remember. <laughs> I own the movie, but I'm, I think it aged well because it aged well for me, and I kind of don't want to hurt that that view, so I really yeah. haven't returned to watching it in a really long time. 
uh, I mean, there's some definite iconic features for with me. And the 1980s themselves were pretty classic for like doing things on the cheap, but doing things that were really unique. I know you, uh, you said earlier that you love Spielberg. Um, do you think that, that uh, his work's influenced your decision to sort of work with video in high school? Yes. I think that, I mean, even take the story E.T. He had somebody write the screenplay for him. She, her name was Matheson. She won Best Adapted screenplay, screenplay. She married Harrison Ford, who was starring in Raiders of the Lost Ark, when he told her about this story. He had written down this story because if you look at the story E.T., uh, the boy didn't, Elliot didn't have a father figure. And he kind of said he has designed this after his life because growing up, his father left his mother. Uh, and he had this story that he wanted E.T. to be his dad uh, in the story. So I think that, and then it going, now I'm teaching history, which was my other passion. Uh, besides video production. when I, I mean, I had a plan when I went to college. I knew that I wanted to teach video production. I took my whole master's degree in film and media production. And uh, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. And now that that ha isn't happening, my other passion is history. And that ties in historical fiction, Raiders of the Lost Ark. These people search for these artifacts based in history. And, and, and the movie Jaws, I mean... It's iconic, especially like the last piece where, uh, you know, you have this great sea hunt for this, as Steven Spielberg calls it, Leviathan, which in the Bible was like this huge creature that, that just, you know, basically kills everything. So I, I, I think he's just, his early works were absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, um, I, I think that uh, some of the best parts about his early works are the big uh, the sort of spectacle of what's happening with Jaws and with Indiana Jones. Um, E.T., though, it's it's a lot less exciting at times. Uh, do you think you could pick, like, your top three standout moments? Well, definitely the first scene is iconic for me because you know that somebody's being chased and that you think it's, like, NASA or the FBI or CIA or trying to figure it out, and you see all these vehicles and you hear this dramatic music and you see a lot of flashlights and you hear running and you can see something running, but you can't really tell what it is and that's a powerful moment and if any of you have ever been to Universal there's a scene in Universal where they did the movie E.T. where you go into this room and small scale they've done like a star backdrop and you see the city and you're flying yeah I just and, uh, I rode that ride last year the first time I ever went to Universal and, and I'm upset they got rid of the Jaws ride too I mean these are all iconic mm -hmm. Spielberg moments but that scene where he's you're flying is an iconic piece. I mean, definitely the Halloween scene is an iconic piece where he takes him out, you know, dressed up. I mean, and I brought a, today I brought a red hoodie. I mean, what do you remember from E.T.? I brought a flashlight. I brought the old style flashlight with very little light because when he's feeding the, to try to draw the, draw E.T. in, he's feeding him Reese's Pieces because everybody knows that M&M wouldn't allow the, Mars wouldn't uh, allow M&M to be used so that he had to use Reese's Pieces instead. Now, I prefer Reese's Pieces. So iconic moments for me would be, if I had to pick three, like you said, the opening scene, the Halloween scene, maybe the flying scene, and then the ending scene's really touching when uh, E.T. says, I'll be right here. Yeah, always brings tears to my eyes right there. 
I remember the last time I watched it, um, I was homesick. My mom made me a tomato soup just in a can, some really off-brand stuff. And I came in late. I missed the first 20 minutes. And I was just watching it, laying in bed sick. Nothing else was on. I just got done watching the uh, the original Annie, and I, I wanted literally anything else. So E.T. came on, I watched it, and, and, you know, I enjoyed myself. It was a fun little time. I still remember everything pretty well. Well, how about when they dressed him up, too? I mean, when they were kind of playing dress up with him, and and it discovered Drew Barrymore for her role in that in in ET. So, I mean, there's just a, a lot of scenes, and the, and what's what's powerful too, he's just a kid. You know, he he's your average kid who's just got this tremendous amount of courage, and I think that that played well for Steven Spielberg in a lot of his things that he's done. Um, I, I yeah, I do agree with you. The um theme there is pretty apparent and it's it sounds so simple when you boil it down to that um do you think like can you name any off the top of your head any movies that et may have inspired i'm sure there's hundreds but like i mean ones that i think were excellent well done that are memorable with kids i think that uh yeah i mean he helped produce it but uh um uh i think super eight Super Eight comes to mind with with kids and and the girl and and an alien in there and I think also another movie that kind of fits with kids. There's many, but and I know he produced this one too. If you're doing an animated movie, Monster House, where it kind of has like a, a supernatural element to it, and then also it. Even though it's a horror movie, you got a story of kids working together against a supernatural force. Not not quite as family oriented, I maybe as ET. Although we said ET has some scary elements in it, but I think Super Eight, I think Monster House, I think, uh, I think it. So, um, you talked a lot about um, the uh, iconic imagery. What else do you think the movie does well, um, in like a technical wise, like movie making type of way? Well, I mean. Look at Amblin, Amblin Entertainment. What's their symbol? It's a symbol of the bike, that famous bike going through the moon. What's got the carrier on the front and ETs flying the bikes? Uh, I think from a technical aspect, there's some scenes that Spielberg I think is famous for when he films things. It, it's more of a story than it is a technical achievement. But the makeup and the artistry of actually making the character ET. I mean, most people see an alien as being like, you know, strong or, you know, like what you've seen in Roswell. E.T. was different because he was short, stumpy. You know, he was not what you would exactly see in a really long neck, big, wide head. And then the other piece uh, that I see has been iconic is the way that he films. Like, everybody knows that scene in Jaws. Whenever, you know, Brody sees the, sees the shark on July 4th weekend and you see it track in real fast and it creates that crazy depth of field because he's tracking in at the same time that he's zooming out and your depth of field is is it's amazing to watch with that that really fast scene with the sound that goes with it and i think in the scene in et when he's running from the cops and the fbi and everybody and he's going down and it it has like quick cuts all the way to et to uh, elliot's face and then he flies over the the police cars that have tried to block him in so I think there were some technical aspects. I think the makeup and characterization is phenomenal, but I think it's more of a family-oriented story. 
You uh, you keep mentioning um, your family. Where uh, where were you at, like in your personal life when you first saw it? You mentioned um, the first time you saw it. Can you elaborate more on that? You know, it's it's hard to remember where I was at that point. I know that my dad took me to see it, and I think it must have been a rescreening because if I do the math correctly, ET came out in nineteen eighty two. I mean, I'm only three years old at that point. I would say it had to be a rescreening, probably in eighty four, eighty five, and. Uh, the I, I, all I remember was not only going out to to see E.T. but then going out for lunch afterwards and I remember my grandma saying how was it and me just saying like I don't know because I was still <laughs> I was still really like thinking about it like it, it just was one of those moments so and I haven't felt that and I think it's just you get old and you lose you, nothing really surprises you anymore. And I think because it created such a dramatic surprise early on, and I haven't really experienced that too many times lately, like where I've been like, whoa, that was amazing. Yeah. I think there's something to be said about um, what you just said, linking to how <laughs> the industry itself is today with uh, most movies coming out in theaters that hit the top of the box office or... Uh, really uninspired, at least not to the degree that E.T. is. Um, E.T., you said 1982, it came out that summer, yeah. so uh, you probably had a, a good two or three months to think about it. Yeah. I just, I don't know, I haven't seen a movie, and maybe it's just because I've been so inundated with other things, but I haven't seen a movie where I'm like, Whew. you know, that, and I, like I said, maybe I've lost my childhood there, but it's just something iconic that I remember. I think it's an important piece in culture. It uh, reminds us what, you know, the kids hanging out in the neighborhood, uh, riding bikes with their weird friend Agreed. or the alien uh, in this, yeah, in this people case. People used to go out and actually do things. Now everybody, I'm not trying to knock it, but everybody just kind of sits around. I feel like it, you know, and I've said this before to Garen. I feel, he said, I think you're reliving the movie Wally, you know, where <laughs> everybody just kind of doesn't actually get out and do things. Now, I, I kind of say, I go out and I try to do things with my kids, but at the same time, I think there's some fear there. Like, I'm afraid to let him, like, go and ride his bike by himself, you know. I, I would be terrified if he said he wanted to meet an alien. And if you've ever seen <laughs> the Henry Thomas tryout, it is incredible, where that kid tries out for the role E.T., it is an unbelievable. So I would encourage you to check that out. Check out his 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 uh, rehearsal when he tries out to get the role of Elliot it's unbelievable it's just he, the kid has and I don't know what happened to him because he was in another great movie called The Quest which nobody knows because it's set in Australia that's another phenomenal movie that he was in as a, as a youth what's something you'd say to someone like me who uh, hasn't seen the movie somehow after all these years hasn't seen the movie like all the way through and hasn't like really experienced it before well I'm nostalgic. So what would I say? I would say, you know, iconic. What would you, what would you remember? Red hoodies and flashlights, what I brought today, you know, and it's a family experience, but it has some supernatural elements to it. You know, it's just, and it's about kids trying to be kids, exploring, pushing the limits, being tremendously courageous in what they do. Uh, so just some things and, and the score pay attention to the movie score it's John Williams John Williams did all of his stuff so he's another one I mean I don't know he he did Raiders Lost Ark and Jaws too he's 
probably the early on my favorite composer as well. So the movie, is, the, the soundtrack's just amazing. Well, everybody, that'll wrap up our first episode of the bi-weekly Your Favorite Movie Podcast. I'm Garen Balkovic. I'm Brian Genovese. And that'll be all for this week. Thank you.